1: This is The Family. I'm Dave Schrader sitting in for Tom Bernard along with
2: Melissa Kirk,
0: Andy
1: Bernard,
2: and Cassie Schrader.
1: We'll be right back. Farrah Fawcett on tap when we come back to discuss a brand-new documentary, Farrah Fawcett Forever, with Alana Stewart, right here on The
3: Family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, One of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company. And they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap.
0: Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would Some reconditioning can't apply, so please, no flood cars from Apple Valley. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Chevy, Mazda, or Nissan, check out the new kids on the block. Don't tell them Tom sent you. Just show up and be amazed. That stuff never works anyway.
1: We're back. This is The Family. Sitting in for Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Schritter. Tom will be back Wednesday. Joining us now on the program, Alana Stewart, actress and former model and good friend to Farrah Fawcett. There's a brand new biography that starts tomorrow. Farrah Fawcett Forever premieres Tuesday, July 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on the A&E Network. Welcome to the program, Alana Stewart. Thank you so much for being here today.
4: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: Ten years—it's hard to believe that it's been ten years since we lost her.
4: I know it's gone by so quickly. It's really, really hard to believe.
1: And and a remarkable life. Now they've listen the the longevity of projects she's been a part of. I just saw a commercial this last week, and they're rebooting Charlie's Angels yet again in a movie foundation. And and um, I guess there's going to be some tips to the original cast and crew in this new movie. But Farrah Fawcett, man, she was iconic. Uh, still is. I, I was growing up right in the heat of that time. I still, I think, still at my dad's in the basement, rolled up as my Farrah Fawcett red be- uh, swimsuit poster mm-hmm. that hung lovingly on my wall ask for years.
2: You had to swim. Everyone, every boy had (laughs) that poster. You had it on your wall.
1: I had, uh, I had her right up next to Jacqueline Smith on my wall, uh, growing up in my room for the long uh, cowboy western theme wallpaper. And then there's Farah and uh, Jacqueline Smith spread across my wall, but uh, it's amazing. That
4: poster, I believe, still holds the record for the best-selling poster of all time. I mean, it truly was iconic.
1: That, and I believe that was the uh, the only Playboy I ever snuck out of my grandfather's house growing up. When <laughs> Farrah Fawcett appeared in there, I, I stole it so that I could take it and show my buddies in school, but uh, what a, just an overall amazing person. Everything I've ever seen about her, just how remarkable she was, um, and the work that she started continues to do. She's, you, you're part of the Farrah Fawcett uh, Foundation, which is uh, for cancer research Yes, well. I'm
4: president and, and CEO, and she started the foundation right after she was diagnosed with cancer, actually, and um, she, we've been we officially opened the doors in 2010 because while she was battling cancer, she wasn't able to do that much with it. But she had some really clear ideas of the direction she wanted to go, and I believe that you know we've tried to do that. And the foundation's doing really well, and we got a research team at Dana Farber with Stand Up To Cancer, and we're doing a lot of really really good work. And I think Vera would be very proud of it.
1: That's fantastic. Tell us a little bit of you know, for people that maybe aren't familiar with her beginnings and and such. And I know a lot of this is going to go into detail in in the uh, biography special tomorrow on A and E. But tell us a little bit about Farah and uh, pre celebrity. What what was her life like?
4: Well, she was a Texas girl, and and the great thing about Farah and the thing I loved about her so much is I'm from Texas too, by the way, is that she really maintained her Texas values even when she came to Hollywood in the peak of her career. She was always very down to earth and I think that was because of her humble beginnings. She was very, very close to her family. She loved her her mother and her father and she had a sister, Diane, who actually died of cancer as well. Um, I think about 10, maybe 10 years before Fair passed away and Um, She just was... You know, she had down-home values. She was... She grew up in, um, you know, modest home, and she was a real Texas girl, and she carried that with her, as I said, and I think that was one of the reasons she was able to maintain her career and some degree of, of sanity during all of that craziness, you know, when she suddenly hit so big. and charlie's angels and then the red bathing suit poster i mean she just became a household word overnight
1: well and it it was i mean was that her big break was was charlie's angels
4: yes charlie's angels and then the poster came out right after it was kind of a one-two punch and you know every every girl in the world wanted to have her her hair and Farah and i met when we were both doing tv commercials and california she'd just come out from texas and i'd just come out from um from texas via new york and we met on interviews for commercials and but we didn't become really good friends until um a few years later and the thing i loved about her and i think all of her friends loved about her was that she was so down to earth and she was very funny and very smart and and um she had qualities that she was able to keep um, her roots. You know, she was able to maintain her roots and her down-to-earth quality even during the peak of her fame. And she was always like that. She always loved her family. Family was very important to her. Um, Ryan and Redmond were incredibly important. They were the priorities of her life. And, and she... She lived a really amazing life, and, you know, she was gone far too young. But I think even when she was battling cancer, she was, her courage came through, her real grit. You know, she always had that grit, that Texas grit. You know, she would go, she would go after things that maybe other people would have been hesitant to do. You know, like when she did Burning Bed, I mean, that was very, um, that was a really uh, awakening film for, a lot of people. It was a very unusually powerful Mm -hmm. film, especially for Farrah to do at that time. And she was really um, instrumental in changing laws and changing domestic abuse laws. And she was always kind of an activist in her own way.
1: When she was at the height of her popularity, of course, on on Charlie's Angels, I mean, it took a lot of strength to walk away from a role like that as well was she feeling the pressure of the industry and and you know how how hot that fame really got
4: well i'm sure she must have been but i think you know farrah was very practical and down to earth and she she wanted to do more she wanted she felt like the, you know, the scripts were not, that she wasn't growing as a character. I mean, even then, she, she really wanted to be, if she was going to do something, she really wanted to do it all the way. And I think she just felt confined. Um, I think everybody, Hollywood was certainly shocked when she left and a lot of people weren't happy about it. It caused her a lot of problems, I think in her career after, after that, because a lot of people felt she wasn't grateful for the break Charlie's Angels gave her. But I don't think it was really she wanted to grow more as an actress, and she always took the steps and made the decisions that she felt were, you know, in her best interest for what she wanted to achieve. And I think the A&E um, documentary really, really, uh, shows that very well i mean i actually was very pleased with it and we had a screening in in los Angeles at the Paley center a couple of weeks ago and um, people were were really 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 amazed at uh, what a good what a good job they did
1: when she was first diagnosed with cancer did they have any idea how severe things were you know kind of walk us through that that part of her life if you wouldn't mind
4: well, when she was first diagnosed, she she had actually. Let me just preface with saying she'd been in Texas with her mother. Her mother was dying. Her mother passed away. It was a very difficult time for her, and she was staying in the hospital with her mother for months. And she ignored certain symptoms that she had. And I always say it's one of the things that that we focus on with the foundation is awareness and prevention because if people if people go in with the first sign of, of something odd and they go to their doctors, the chances are if it is something serious, they have a much, much better chance at, at recovery and it, and it beating the, you know, the illness, the cancer. And she didn't go and get herself checked as she should have. And when she did, it had gotten to a pretty serious stage and, but they thought they felt, um, her doctors felt that she had a good chance of beating it, that they had like an 85% recovery rate with her particular kind of cancer, which was anal cancer. And so she went through the traditional chemo and, and radiation. And at the end of three months, they said that she was tumor free. And then unfortunately, like three months later, it had come back again, like full force and metastasized to her liver which was not a good mm. prognosis. And that's when she decided to kind of take matters in her own hands and go and seek alternative treatments in, um, in Germany. And we went to Germany, I think a total of six times during the next two years. And I do believe her doing that probably gave her an additional couple of years you know, added to her life. But she was very determined to beat it. I mean, she really thought she was going to beat it. And I think everyone around her, I certainly did. You know, none of us really addressed the fact that she might die. Well, you She just, was very strong, and she was very right. strong-willed. And she and, seemed
1: like one of those kind of people you know, that you'd she, have a hard time accepting that that was... That was the fate. It Just it doesn't happen like that to Farrah Fawcett. It shouldn't happen like that to Farrah Fawcett. I know, having gone through the loss of my mother a few years ago from cancer, you look at somebody in someone, you're like, no. If anybody's going to beat it, it's it's this person. What made her decide to step out of the shadows and and be so open about this battle?
4: Well, I think that it started to get out in the in the press and you know she was just hounded by by paparazzi and rumors always going around in the press most of which weren't true and um, there was something out on the internet that I had actually seen that said that she had cancer and it was all coming out of you know people that were were slipping information to the press and things and so she just decided to come out herself and be very vocal about it and very open and when she did that, you know, she used to get thousands of letters every week from people, fans and things who said that, you know, she'd really inspired them that either they had cancer or someone in their family had cancer and that she'd really given them the courage and to fight. And because she was such a fighter. And so I think by her coming out and being so vocal about it, she realized she was really, really helping a lot of people. fact one time when we were in Germany she said to her doctor she said you know and in a strange way I'm almost glad that I got cancer and you know her doctor said fly on earth and she said because now I know I can make a difference.
1: That's beautiful yeah knowing that people are going to pay attention because of who she is and it might save lives and I'm sure that you've received mail after that that hearing her story and seeing it play out did affect how people went in for checks and and started, you know, paying attention closer to what their own issues were.
4: Well, exactly, and, and that was one of the things that she wanted when she started this foundation was she wanted to support cutting-edge research and especially in under-researched cancers. And she wanted to raise awareness and therefore help with prevention of cancer. And she wanted to help people that were battling cancer themselves because she knew firsthand what a treacherous battle it was. And so I think when she came out so publicly and then decided to do the documentary about it, you know, Farrah's story, uh, she handed me her camera one day in Germany when she first got there, and we were first there, and she said, will you film this doctor's meeting because I want to be able to remember everything. And so we started filming everything, all the procedures and everything, and it was really for her own use. It wasn't It wasn't intended for anyone to see. And then somewhere down the line it started getting out that we were filming and, and networks started calling and asking if she – if she would be interested in doing it as a documentary. And at first she didn't want to, she didn't have any interest in sharing a lot of her, you know, her private experiences. And then she came to the conclusion that she could really be helpful to people and really just sort of open it up and be open about it. And no one in the public eye had ever really done that before. So openly just documented their battle with cancer. And she did that because a she thought she was gonna win the battle and that was supposed to be how the documentary ended, you know, that she didn't take no for an answer, that she went outside the box and and got different kinds of treatment. And obviously it didn't it didn't end that way, sadly. And her other motive was to help other people and encourage them and give them give them the strength to get through their battle as well.
1: Well, Elena, thank you so much for coming on to share this with us. Uh, we're out of time, but again, the, the biography, Farrah Fawcett Forever, premieres tomorrow, Tuesday, July 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on the A&E Network. And thank you for, for coming back to remind people of just... How wonderful a human being Farah Fawcett really was, and it went beyond just being a beautiful oh, actress you're welcome. and swimsuit. Check out
4: our found, our foundation website, the FarahFawcettFoundation.org, because there's lots of interesting information on there and a whole line of, of new Farah t shirts and merchandise.
1: Great, we will do. Thank you so much, Alana Stewart. We will be back. Stay tuned, there's much more coming right here on The
0: Family. Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK.
5: Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any
0: other offer. Yesterday, all my troubles seemed so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe... And we're back this is the family so tom
1: bernard out until wednesday until then you're stuck with me man, <laughs> this lovely cast of characters
2: he's probably like getting ready to hop on a plane right now yep. so i don't envy him
1: I do. no i, do. I may don't right be now. somewhere cooler
0: yeah.
1: uh so we've got some news to cover uh you know it's really a shame too is farrah died the same day michael jackson did -hmm. And like her news broke, Mm, and people were like, "What?" And then Michael Jackson broke, like, and then Farrah who kind of happened. Of course, I didn't want to mention that to Alana because you know it's her friend. But yeah, what a brutal day. I mean, that's you know two iconic characters in history for us, and uh, to lose both of them, and then Farrah really kind of got no play. Yeah, I think I
2: I remember hearing about Farrah at about like nine thirty in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Oh, that's so sad." You know, and I was watching coverage on that. And then all of a sudden, breaking news came in about one one thirty in the afternoon about Michael. And then, yeah, then Farah like you couldn't find anything about Farah
3: mm-hmm. on
2: the news at all. It was every channel was covering Michael.
1: Yeah, tragic, tragic loss. Uh, we've got a couple of r- bizarre stories here. A toddler has died after his uh, after slipping from his grandfather's arms aboard a cruise ship. Yeah. Uh, A family cruise turned tragic Sunday afternoon when an 18-month-old girl died after her grandfather dangled her outside an 11th-story window on the ship, then lost his grip. Now, this I find interesting. First line says he dangled her Mm -hmm. out the window. But then it goes on to say authorities tell the AP and Royal Caribbean freedom of the seas was docked in San Juan, Puerto Rico at the time, Fox News citing Puerto Rico's... Prima Hora newspaper uh, reports that the Indiana toddler apparently fell 150 feet landing on the concrete. She was pronounced dead at a local hospital. It's a very grave scene, very regrettable and tragic, a public security official in Puerto Rico tells the Prima Hora, per CBS News. One of the grandfathers, whom it would appear was playing with the little girl, lifted her out of the open window when he lost his grip. He says she hit an awning first before hitting the dock. She was Mm -hmm. reportedly traveling with her parents and younger brother, as well as both her maternal and paternal grandparents. An investigation is ongoing and officials are interviewing witnesses. Sky News reports. Now, I've read other versions of this story where he was actually walking by and slipped and accidentally launched her out the window. So I think grandpa might be a little senile. How could, could be. you
2: how could you slip though and launch a kid out a window?
1: Yeah. Well, it doesn't you've really... seen those areas and it can get wet on a yes, cruise yes. ship. So yes. if you're walking along and you've got you know, your tendency when you're holding something in your hands and you start to fall is to, is to throw it that. so that yeah. you can ready yourself. Mm-hmm. And it may have just been a knee jerk literally reaction. Oh brutal.
2: Yeah, that's
1: sad. Another sad death to report. Rising film and TV actor is dead at the age of 20. Cameron Boyce made his movie debut at age 9. Too young, too sweet, too funny. So wrote one celebrity, I think that was Adam Sandler, Yeah. after the surprising death Saturday of rising star Cameron Boyce. That's what people report. The 20-year-old actor, known for his Disney Channel roles and cheered for his philanthropy, apparently died in his sleep. It is with a profoundly heavy heart, that we report that this morning we lost Cameron, his family told the ABC News. He passed away in his sleep due to a seizure, which was a result of an ongoing medical condition for which he was being treated. Yeah. For, much, uh, for such a young man, Boyce had an extensive career. He debuted in the horror movie Mirrors at the age nine and later acted alongside Adam Sandler as one of his children in the blockbuster Grown Ups. Boyce went on to film and TV roles Grown Ups 2, Good Luck Charlie, Shake It Up, and Ultimate Spider-Man. E! Online reports, he also wrapped production last year on the Disney Channel movie Descendants 3 and was slated to appear on the HBO show Mrs. Fletcher. In his charity work, Boyce raised over $30,000 to bring drinking water to Swaziland and boosted awareness about a global crisis in which 844 million people lack clean drinking water. Sandler, whose reaction to Boyce's death is quoted above, was among several Hollywood figures to express their grief. Cameron, you were and still are a star, uh, tweeted actor Greg Sulkin. May God bless you in heaven. You will be missed down here. Uh, Oh, it says also a major musician died this Saturday. One major musician. Father of Bossa Nova has left us. Joao Gilberto died Saturday in Brazil. I don't know if that's a major musician.
2: Well, maybe in, in Was he related to
1: Astrid Gilberto? <laughs> I don't know.
2: Well... Mm-hmm.
1: At the age of 88, his fight was noble. He tried to maintain dig- dignity, his son Marcello posted on Facebook. Born in 31, Gilberto did. started singing at 18 and released three records as bossa nova, a combination of jazz <laughs> and samba, blossomed in the late 1950s and oh. grabbed the world's attention in the 1960s. Those records... Chega Di Suatarte. I'm pretty good at my horrible Spanish here. <laughs> El Amor and La Sonrisa y La Flor and uh, Gilberto. Gained <laughs> an international following for the huh. AP because of those songs. Oh, he was Astrid Gilberto's husband. Oh. oh. Who's Astrid Gilberto? Um, girl from Apanema, I think. Yeah, oh, she, she it, just died too, didn't she? Uh, she. I think she, she just, just died. Like a
2: year ago, I think. Oh, think.
1: The internet might well. have just gone down. Oh, no. Well, oh, that's no bueno. Well, I've got a couple more shows. Better just Wikipedia went down. Let's see. Oh, yeah, Wikipedia is just being broken. Ooh. Nope, she's still alive. Oh, is she? Oh. And, yes, she was the girl from Ipanema girl. <laughs> you, the girl from Ipanema girl? Mm-hmm. Running in the bulls goes badly for two Americans.
2: Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it always does. That it always usually happens. does.
1: A 46-year-old from San Francisco was gored in the neck.
2: Oh, God. Well,
1: <laughs> probably didn't come back from that one. And people make fun of me for liking to watch TV and movies and stay safely indoors. I can tell you this. Not once have I ever encountered an angry bull in my house.
2: Well, honey, we would never. We don't have those in our yard.
1: Exactly. Well, but no, we <laughs> an do angry have giant, squirrel, velo- maybe. No, giant velociraptors. No,
2: we don't. <laughs> those are turkeys. So. I know.
1: The people okay. that owned the house before me used to feed these wild turkeys. Oh, my God. Sometimes. Andy, they were like eight and a half feet tall. I'm sure they were.
2: <laughs> Turkeys <laughs> get
1: really big. Razor if you them. claws. They would sit there and click them on my driveway and yep. like motion for <laughs> me to come by, and then they'd. Do that Allen move from uh, Jurassic Park, showing me what they would do to me with their little dew claw. Mm -hmm.
2: Oh my god, (laughs) no!
1: They'd stand outside our windows, swaying back and forth, trying to hypnotize me and bring me out into the yard.
2: Well, he thought rabbits were going to kill him a couple weeks ago. He said, "Look, he goes, look at their eyes; they're plotting to kill me." We had these two
1: rabbits in the yard, (laughs) side eyeing me. They were just—they were sitting there, but they were like all flat to the ground, their ears pinned back, and they're looking at me like. Someone's got to die. The outdoors does not. <laughs> at like At least people, you
2: don't so. have like 18 raccoons that come to your place every night.
1: No, so. we just have horny foxes screaming yeah. outside our window. It sounds like women being murdered.
2: Yeah, that's just just the girls do that. Did you know that?
1: I did not. It's like, we looked it up the vixen other day. Vixen it's
2: scream. the vixen siren. Siren. Oh, jeez. Like it's, it's got a name. It's
1: sexy to the male fox. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, apparently, <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna get some tonight. <laughs>
2: I'm gonna start doing that.
1: <laughs> what? Is that your way to allure me? <laughs>
2: hey, oh! From the from bedroom. <laughs>
1: I got to go, boys. <laughs> it's
2: like, what is happening? I just started
1: running upstairs. Five people were hospitalized after the opening bull run of this year's San Furman Festival in Pamplona, according, uh, including two Americans and a Spaniard who were gored by bulls. Officials in the northern Spanish city said Sunday, a 46-year-old man from San Francisco was gored in the neck in the city's bull ring at the end of the 930-yard course. So he made it to the end and then got gored. Hmm. The APC. At least I know I'd be down in like the first twelve steps. <laughs> I just could, and then it's those cobblestone roads are running I know.
2: down. You, you You're get,
1: asking to get your ass yeah, going.
2: I just don't find the appeal of oh. of letting bulls loose through the streets and. It's having... exhilarating.
1: It brings out the man and do well,
2: so And they like be tomatoes on. too.
1: tomatoes it? is very. Yeah, good. the the Spanish the tomato festival. Yeah, they just they throw like hundreds of thousands of tomatoes As at each other. the bulls
2: other. are chasing you, right? No, the
1: tomato thing is a different thing. Oh, I, I think thought they're they seasoning you for the bull. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Have you seen see. the video footage the one guy talking about getting gored in the ass? This was a few years ago. The oh, bull yeah. comes down, puts yep. his head down, catches the guy, flips and the guy in the air. And so the guy hasn't been gored yet, and then the bull stops and drops his horns, and mm-hmm. the guy just comes straight down on the horns, oh. right in the keister, Why and then anyone... it flings him again after giving him a proctology yep. exam. Oh.
2: <sighs> no,
5: on the, on the one the hand, the bulls. I
1: can't believe that's like that people are allowed to do that, but on the other, they're only hurting themselves. So right, It's kind of Darwin's way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what? Just one less moron we have to deal with. Um, Pretty much, he was gored in the neck, and then of course they redundantly tell us his injuries required surgery. <laughs> Hard really? to believe. Me. <laughs> A puncture wound the size of a league ball needed surgery. Oh,
2: it's just a flesh wound. (laughs) Yeah, the
1: regional government reported a 23-year-old man from Florence, Kentucky, and a 40-year-old Spanish man were both gored in the thigh. Two young Spanish men sustained head injuries. The running of the bulls in Pamplona draws about one million spectators every year. During the nine-day San Fermin Fiesta, six bulls are run every morning in the city's narrow streets and then killed in the afternoon for bullfights, hundreds of Jeez. runners race ahead of or next to the bulls while their more risk-averse watch from balconies, some Americans come to follow in the footsteps of Ernest Hemingway who immortalized the Pamplona festival in his 1926 novel The Sun Also Rises. The first run of this year's festival run featured bulls from Puerto de San Lorenzo cattle breeder. The pack dashed together along the cobblestone barricaded street course. Toward the end, one of the bulls stumbled briefly, causing panic and at least one goring when it resumed its race and charged at some of the racers. The local Red Cross said emergency personnel attended to 48 people with less serious or minor injuries, including two who were trampled by the racing bulls. The run lasted two minutes, 41 seconds, and there were over 50 injuries. Wow, that going to be a record. Morons. Most
5: casualties in one three-minute
1: period. You know what else doesn't happen when you stay at home indoors, Andy? What? Shadows don't start following you in the ocean. Mm. Oh. Dan Watson says his drone picked up a shark swimming near five kids. Maybe Dan Watson. Have fun. Yeah, Dan Watson hadn't originally planned to bring his drone to the beach, but he's now thankful he made the potentially life-saving choice to do so. CBS News reports that the professional photographer and dad of three was at a Florida's New Smyrna Beach on June 23rd with family and friends when he decided to send his drone skyward. Then through the drone's eyes, he spotted a shadow. <laughs> doom, doom. Doom, doom. He suspected was a shark swimming previously, or perilously. let me try that word again, it's a hard one, swimming per- <laughs> perilously close to where five of the kids in his party, including his own, were swimming. His wife screamed for the children ages five to nine to get out of the water. The real dread, however, didn't settle in until Watson got home and was able to view higher-resolution footage. It was indeed a shark that had been hovering. We were able to see its progression towards the kids, he says, adding his daughter was left scarred and nervous <coughs> after the incident. His boys have just been focused on the cool shark photos. This isn't the first shark setting at New Smyrna Beach this season. The Orlando Sentinel reports a teen surfer was bitten on the foot by a shark on Sunday, causing very minor lacerations. Was that an old shark? Gumming him to death? What was that? A... <laughs> go,
2: how go, does a go, shark go, go.
1: bite on the ankle only end up in like a minor injury?
2: Well, it depends on how big the shark it's is. So some... It could be just like a reef shark or yeah. sand. Uh, and they're not that big. Some so. loser
1: shark. <laughs> some
2: <laughs> loser shooting shark. shark.
1: So that's why I don't go in the ocean and I don't go to Pamplona. And now, obviously, I'm never going to lick a gecko.
2: Well, don't look Why would you look a gecko? Because
1: apparently that's what this guy in Australia thought would be a good idea. Family <laughs> of an Australian father of three who died in December says he basically rotted from the inside out <gasps> oh. after reportedly eating a gecko on a dare. Smart.
2: Yeah. Uh, no.
1: David Dowell of Brisbane at first thought he was hungover when he didn't feel well a day after a December first Christmas party, but the next day he started throwing up and it was green. That's what his sister Anna tells the Sydney Morning Herald. That's when they rang for the ambulance. The 34-year-old dowel with a swollen body, black urine, and fluid in his lungs was found to have salmonella, with a doctor confirming to the family that he swallowed a gecko. And that could have been the cause, according to this article. Know, <laughs> a friend claimed Dowell had eaten a gecko at a party on a dare. Yeah, I'll do it. Four bucks, give me that gecko. <laughs> <laughs> at what point do you ever look at any live creature and go, I'd swallow that for five bucks. No. After your 15th shot, I'm Maybe. guessing. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but his family can't be sure David never mentioned it, and there was no evidence that he actually ate it because he vomited it all out and then rotted from the inside. That's a pretty good sign. Mm-hmm. Either way, he was in absolute agony. Dowell eventually suffered mass organ failure before dying during surgery just a week after the diagnosis on December 11th. Yikes. His partner 15 years, Alara Bricknell, tells sevennews.com.au that the death certificate mentions ingestion of a gecko, one of several animals that have salmonella bacteria in their gut. She remembers Dowell as the best person I've ever met, as well as the life of the party. Oh, he sounds like it. <laughs>
2: or the death of the party.
1: And another Australian died after eating a slug on a dare.
2: These Australians <laughs> need to not stick dare. with
1: floor yeah. gum. That's the way to go. Every <laughs> animal in Australia is deadly in some way. So right, and especially by ingesting their yeah. bodies. Again, have you ever looked at the wall and thought, mm, "A slug"? I'll try that. No. Oh, gecko. I wonder what that tastes like.
2: I mean, I don't even let Daisy look a toad because she starts barfing all over the place. <laughs> oh, nice. yeah, let's think...
1: let's take a break. We'll come back. Chris <laughs> Jericho joins us next right here on The
0: Family.
5: Homeowners are loving our Guaranteed Offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences.
0: So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if
5: your home qualifies, go to chrislandell.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our Guaranteed Offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for
0: you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. I'm talking to Neil Sheehy, ex-NHL defenseman. Neil, you've had a great success following the Nutrimost wellness plan. How much weight did you lose, and what makes Nutrimost different from all those other programs out there?
3: Tom, I dropped over 63 pounds in 44 days. But more importantly, I know how to keep it off. In addition to my
0: success, I have two brothers and two sisters who had great success on the Nutrimost wellness program. And collectively, we all lost a total of 222 pounds on the program. My brother and I were so impressed that we decided to open up a clinic in Plymouth. Find out how and why Nutrimost is unlike any other weight loss plan by attending the Nutrimost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, June 24th at Jake's in Plymouth. Nutramos guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Register for the Nutramos Dinner or schedule your immediate consultation. Call 763-333-7337. That is
1: 763-333-7337. Welcome back to the family. Tom Bernard off until Wednesday, filling in. I'm Dave Schrader i got to tell you guys, one of the, the best times I had last year was going on the Chris Jericho cruise. Uh, we went out there. We were their paranormal contingent, so we got to go on and talk ghosts with a bunch of uh, the, the wrestlers and have a great time. But it was so much fun. It, this great cruise out to the Nassau Bahamas, getting off, getting a chance to see all the beautiful sights and scenery. But then on board the ship, they've got comedians. Musicians. They've got paranormal people on board the ship talking ghosts and cool stuff. No way. Yeah, it's true. And live <laughs> wrestling, which was some of the fun and and most uh, entertaining part of the entire cruise for me, was getting to watch the wrestling mm-hmm. matches and the Halloween night wrestling match they did, where half the damn crew came out dressed as Mario characters. It was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're launching again this year. January is the Jericho Cruise too. So joining us online right now wrestler, actor, and master of ceremonies of the Chris Jericho Cruise. Chris Jericho is with us. Hey, Chris, how you doing today?
5: Hey, man, good talking to you, Dave. Yeah, we had a great time last year, uh, especially your excursion to call up UFOs from the deep where some actually some really weird stuff went down. So yeah. it, was quite the, uh, it was quite the show.
1: Yeah, we, had, we did this UFO summoning mm-hmm. off the side of the ship, and I think we had about 50, 100 people out there with us doing this, and I, I walked them through this this process and then all of a sudden this light came up and it was hovering on the horizon and I'm like oh it's probably a lighthouse or something out there but this thing would drop and then it would drop below the waterline and then come shooting back up and everybody on deck was like what the hell are we watching it was really cool and I'm like well could it be the boats moving and we're getting this false visual and I had two guys that are uh, former Navy my son was one of them he goes no dad in order for that to be moving like that we would be rocking this whole boat would be rolling he goes I don't know what the hell that is so that guy and, and another guy that was on board the ship that was part of the Navy was talking mm-hmm. to me about it, and they were blown away. But it was a really cool time. It was just great cruise it was all the cool. way around.
5: It was. It was funny because my dad went to check that out, and he's not a paranormal guy. Right. But he was telling me exactly what you just said. It's like, you know, not, not being a... Uh, you know, a, 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 a paranormal, you know, pundit or anything like that, he was saying there was something really weird going on. He wasn't a skeptic, but it was really kind of cool that it happened. So it just added to the whole magic of the entire uh, cruise, which, like you said, was was uh, a lot of people were saying it was one of the greatest vacations they ever had. And that's one of the reasons why I were not able to get, you know, the second one up and running, because my goal was for it to always be an annual destination vacation, much like the Kiss Cruise is where, you have you know, this contingency of people who come every year no matter what and keep telling their friends, and it becomes the hot item where it's hard to get on board because everybody buys the cabins and the sale. So that's kind of what the idea was, and, and this cruise were 92% capacity already with just over six months left to go, so it's almost sold out, and um, that's just a good sign of how much fun the first one was and the word of mouth that surrounded it.
1: 92% sold out with still six months to go and all elite yeah. wrestling is going to be on board, which is huge. Chris, that thing is blowing up like crazy. What you sold out the first three events in like 15 minutes.
5: Yeah, man. Um, there's a lot of buzz about AEW kind of being the first alternative, uh, wrestling company, as far as, you know, the alternative to the WWE giving people a different option of, of, of a company that they can watch and, People have just been going nuts for it. Like you said, we were sold out um, Chicago for August. Uh, I think it was 10 minutes for 12,000 tickets. And it was another eight minutes for 12,000 tickets in Vegas uh, last month. So it's uh, it's been pretty cool and, and something that, you know, I never thought that I would work anywhere uh, other than the WWE. But one thing led to another. And, and here I am kind of as the, uh, the face of AEW at this point in time until we get up and rolling. Uh, for our weekly TV, which starts in October on the TNT network, so it's quite the uh, you, know, you know the battle lines have been drawn in the wrestling world, and we're kind of in the middle of a war once again, which is good for the fans and for the guys uh, in the business all across the board. Well, all elite
1: wrestling will be on board the Jericho Cruise as well as some classic wrestlers. You've got. Guest of honor, nature boy Rick Flair. My sons are coming with me on this cruise because of not only getting a chance to meet you, but to see some of the legends that'll be there. Rick is going to be there. Kevin Nash is going to be on board. Scott Hall, uh, Booker T, I think you've got. Jake the Snake Roberts, Diamond Dallas Page. Not a bad lineup of some of the most legendary names in wrestling, Chris. That's, uh, that's a pretty cool
5: little lineup going, too. Yeah. I really, you know, last year... Once again, when you do something for the first time, you're kind of figuring it out and, and working on the fly and, and putting together the, the talent list. I kind of got it down to a little bit of a science now. I knew what I wanted to do, like you mentioned AEW. So we have some of the hottest guys currently. Then combine that with some Hall of Famers uh, like you know Ric Flair and all those guys you mentioned. And, and you know, it's like where else can you go to spend a week with with you know Ric Flair, the greatest of all time? you could do that on the Jericho cruise and then throw in some great comedians and some great rock and roll bands. And then what you guys do with beyond the darkness and live podcasting. And it just, I wanted to make it where you have a great collection of activities and talent, um, whether, even if you don't care for wrestling or you're not an ardent wrestling fan, you'll still have fun on board the cruise. And there's so much to do. It's almost like you can't see everything that you want to see. You can, but you're going to have to be really out there and, and, you know, combining your schedules and figuring it all out. And that's what I want to just make so many cool things happening on board this ship, to where you go, I can't miss this because if I do, I'm going to be missing not just one cool thing or two cool things, but you know, dozens of cool things that you can only experience on the cruise. Not that you can watch it on TV later or anything like that. It's, going to be, it's a once in a lifetime uh, experience that you get when you do Chris Jericho's Rock and Rusting Ranger.
1: And that's, uh, I'll tell you, we went on the Walking Dead cruise last year as well, Mm -hmm. the final Walking Dead cruise. After coming off the Jericho cruise, the Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, it was fun, the the Walking Dead cruise, but it wasn't nearly as active. That's I was a little disappointed. I'm like, boy, there was
2: was so much more to do (laughs) on your cruise. The atmosphere was more low. It wasn't as, I don't know. Energized, right? The Jericho cruise was, and that was my first cruise I've ever went on. And I was blown away. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Why? (laughs) I've cheated myself out of so many fun things.
5: (laughs) And and that's what I I, I want this to be a big party. So everybody that I have on board is handpicked by me for a reason. If it's a comedian, it's because I've watched their act and I like what Mm -hmm. they're doing. If it's a band, it's because I want the atmosphere of, of rock and roll and fun. And, you know, last year I had a female acdc tribute band who just tore the house down so right. i wanted to continue that so i got a female queen kiss band called killer queen there you know so anything that's happening is because i think that would be really fun and i want everyone to just have a great time and it was great because when we pulled into port in in uh, nassau all the other cruise ships are there and our cruise ship the Jericho Cruise. The guys that were still on board, everybody's chanting at the other cruise ships, like, you know, our cruise is better. <laughs> clap, 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 Your cruise sucks. Your cruise sucks. And you see all these poor, you know, old people that are on the Mediterranean TV <laughs> cruise standing on the balconies wondering why these drunks on the other cruise are yelling at us and telling us that we suck. And it's just like, that's what I wanted, man. Only wrestling fans and rock and roll fans and Jericho fans would be doing something like that. So it really added, like I said, it was just a big party uh, atmosphere. And that's kind of why it was such a success. And while we'll continue to be a success and continue to make it kind of the party of, uh, of the year.
1: And you never know what you're going to see. Andy, one of my favorite moments was an, un, uh, I guess, an unscheduled anything goes match that took place. And it wasn't in one of the wrestling rings. It's when Chris Jericho jumped on stage with uh, the all-female uh, uh, ACDC band. And I think, didn't you take a, a uh, guitar to the face no, at some point?
5: It was the it was the first night of the cruise that I went on stage <laughs> with, with the Ozzy band. And uh, I was singing Crazy Train with Ozzy, and the guitar player got excited. And as I was kind of headbanging, he took a left. I took a right, and I took the headstock of the guitar right in my eye. I've been in Fawzi for 20 years and played thousands of gigs. Never once have I ever been hit in the eye by a guitar, ever. First night of my cruise, uh, I saw the whole cruise ship, including the infirmary where they gave me stitches uh, <laughs> uh, about 2 o'clock in the morning on the first night. I did the rest of the cruise with a black eye, and it's like, well, that's, that's only on the Jericho cruise will the host get knocked out by the Ozzy Kidman guitar player. I can just go three other days of cruise
1: activities to do. <laughs> well, and it's cool, because you guys, not only do you have the opportunity to watch all this, but you have meet and greets with the uh, all the celebrity wrestlers and, and uh, bands, and everybody will be in places people can go down and meet, do photographs, get autographs. They can uh, get these great packages. It's it's an all-in event. And and I'm not just saying it, because we were part of it. I, I did two cruises last year. Walking mm-hmm. Dead, like I said, was fun, and it was an interesting cruise to be a part, but it was nothing like the energy. That we got on the Rock and Wrestling Rager, and Tim and I from Beyond the Darkness are going to be there, and we're going to actually do a night of ghost stories at the back of the ship. Mm-hmm. They're setting up a, a faux campfire for us, and we'll tell it. And we did this on the walking. No fires allowed on the cruise. Yeah, yeah. They, they get bitchy about actually starting great, fires though. aboard a ship. And they but
2: served hot chocolate. We was, had yeah.
1: s'mores, hot chocolate. Just, it was yeah. pretty cool. So we had we had a lot of people show up.
5: But see, and and that's and that's what I like is at first. When I was putting together the lineup and having all these different ideas, like I wanted to be, if I was on a cruise, what would I like to see? And and as you know, Dave, we've spoken many times and, and my show, much like yours, has a great reputation for being one of the kind of premier paranormal, uh, you know, subject dealing with shows. And I said, well, I want to do this on the cruise because I remember the, the cruise line and six man who's the promoters of the cruise, they're kind of like, well, where does the paranormal fit in with this? I said, it fits in because it's part of what I'm interested in and part of who I am as a broadcaster as well. And they're like, well, what are they going to do? And I said, I don't know. They'll think of something. And you guys did. And then coming up with this idea that you just mentioned for the second cruise, it's perfect. Like, that's a great idea, the campfire ghost stories. And once again, it's something for people who know nothing but wrestling. are going to go, what the heck is this? And have a great time. Or people that just came for the comedians or the rock and roll, or just to be a part of the whole vibe where you have this plethora of, uh, of activities to do all these different subjects and genres. And it just makes it that much more exciting. Like I want to go to your ghost telling, uh, 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 experience. And, uh, even if I have other activities, I'm going to book it so that I don't, so I'm clear whenever you do that. So I can go, I'm going to clear my schedule for that one.
1: Well, it was great. Six men. When we did our first night of the podcast, we were in one of the little theaters and they had bright lights. So I could only see like the 12 people in the front row. And I, my stomach was hurting the whole time. I'm like, man, this is a wrestling and rock cruise. I don't know how we're going to do. And then when we got done doing the podcast and they turned on the, the house lights, the place was packed and six men yeah, came up yeah. and they were like, I didn't expect that kind of turnout for a paranormal thing. And then when they booked out for our, we did a, a pub crawl mm-hmm. and did the UFO summoning and a pub crawl and told ghost stories during the pub crawl. And it was loaded. So this year we've got brand what new the- creepy ghost stories. We're going to have a good
5: time. Well, the cool thing was, Dave, was how many of, of the wrestlers you had uh, during your, your live podcast. Right. Once again, Par- Paranormal is one of those things that people don't come out and talk about it, but when it's mentioned, everyone's got a story, and everyone's kind of interested in it. And once again, like I saw you at Beer City Breeze, you had Mandy Leon, and you had you know, a bunch of people on stage telling their ghost stories. So that was really cool for uh, the fans to, to see that as well, because you're seeing and this why the crew is so much fun because you mentioned you're seeing these people out of their elements. Where else are right. you gonna see, you know, Lester's talking about ghost stories or where are you gonna see, you know, uh Cactus Jack or Nick Foley looking for nachos at two AM at the uh, <laughs> yeah. Cafe or whatever it may be, you know, and it's like, oh, I mean, I was at the casino, and I just saw Jim Ross walk in and it was awesome. Like that's what people want these days and you know this from when you do the live shows dave People want the experience. You right. know, um you can get everything online now. You can get any album on Spotify, see any movie on Netflix, whatever. But when you get that personal experience of things that you're not going to get in your everyday life, that's what people are really buying into nowadays. And that's something that we can give you on the cruise. And it's one of the reasons why it worked, again, is six hours to The other cruises, the hosts, usually don't mingle. Right. They're not doing mm-hmm. as much. I, I made sure to go to every single activity. Some of them I saw the whole thing, some I saw five minutes. But people saw me out and about and, 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 and uh, participating and being involved. And that made it more exciting, too, because it prompted all the other talent to do it and prompted the people to go, you never know who you're going to see. Let's go check out on you know, the Darkness so let's go check out, you know, Phil Campbell and Bastard Sons or whatever it is. And suddenly, oh, there's you know Matt Jackson over there. and There's Dave Schrader over there. Uh, I think people really enjoyed that, um, and it added to the overall – like Whitney said, party vibe uh, of, of the experience.
1: Well, it was great. We are, we're out of time, but uh, tell people, how can they hear Talk Is Jericho, your podcast, and where can they download it?
5: Yeah, Talk Is Jericho is everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much, uh, you know, it, it's 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 becoming one of the kind of premier podcasts worldwide.
1: It's one of my you favorites, know, you yeah.
5: Get, you can get it everywhere. And, you know, like I said, we only got... 8% of the rooms left is less than 100, It's less than 90 at this point. So dot hmm. ChrisJerichoCruise.com if you want to go check it out and see uh, what's available uh, for cabins and see everybody who's on board and, um, and check out uh,
1: well, we will, the greatest vacation of your life. We will see you there, and we'll be watching for you on AEW when it launches on TNT in October. Thank you, Chris Jericho. Thank you to everybody for being here today and tuning in. I'll be back again hosting tomorrow. Tom will be back on Wednesday. You've been listening to the family.